What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. This is a surprise special episode and the first show I've done in front of a live audience. Some of you may know that Lance Pierce started a private magic forum a while back called The Magic Pebble, and six years ago was the first physical gathering of the forum members in one place, Pebble Palooza. I've only missed one year since that first one, and this year was Pebble Palooza 6. But I've loved every moment I've spent with these people. This isn't a convention. Lance likes to think of it as a house party that happens at a hotel, and it was a terrifying privilege to be in front of so many people I admire to host a conversation with John Wilson and Danny Garcia. I'm so appreciative of what Lance is doing and continues to do for the Magic community, and you can look forward to Lance's upcoming episode soon. I'm so pleased to have wonderful guests in this episode. Danny Garcia is one of the most creative people in Magic, and John Wilson is one of my favorite practitioners of our art, and I strongly recommend listening to his solo episode of the podcast. I know you're going to love this conversation and this weird, unique, funny, goofy experience. It was such a treat and a pleasure and a blast and a privilege and an honor to be able to do this, and I'm so excited to share it with you guys. If you haven't already, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Magical Thinking Podcast. If you want to learn magic, cardistry, or a couple of quick bar bets, head over to artofmagic.com. Art of Magic is the premier destination for learning the fundamentals of sleight of hand technique, as well as some of the most advanced magical applications of dexterity in the world. While you're at it, you'll probably need a deck of cards or two, so head over to artofplay.com to get what you need. Art of Play also provides a curated collection of games, puzzles, and other amusements which offer epiphanies for the curious mind. Anyway, get into the episode, and if you have any magic-related questions or comments on the show, let me know what you think by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com, or you can email my personal email, which is me at elliotterrell.com. This is the Pebblepalooza live episode. You guys are going to love it. I'm so excited. John Wilson, Danny Garcia, enjoy. Okay, is everybody ready to go? Because this is the first time we've ever done this. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. This is a bold experiment on our part. As you guys know, Elliot Terrell has been running the Magical Thinking podcast for quite some time now. He's done some, yeah, it's really, really good. It's really good. He's he's talked to a lot of very sharp and very wonderful people in magic. He's got some really good information out of them. It's fascinating to listen to. I enjoy it all the time. And I believe he's going to end the project after the 100th episode. Is that correct? That's correct. What number year are you on now? Uh, the newest episode, episode 77, I believe. Oh, okay. So, so we've got a while. all right. Well, I'm glad that we were in there somewhere to get in there before you uh, shut the curtains down, Absolutely. so to speak. All right. So. Wear your bronze medal. <laughs> yeah. Now, I did want to give you guys an update because I got a text a few minutes ago about our friend who was having so much trouble last year. But it turns out that his latest business venture just <laughs> failed because he opened up a dog grooming business, but he thought it'd be a good idea to call it "Bitch, I Will Cut You." So that didn't go. <laughs> anywhere. But I got to tell you, that was a lot better than his last idea, where he opened up a sperm bank and called it, get a load of this guy. So that didn't work out at all. All you can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, here we are at Pebble Palooza number six. This is the lead-in for the next podcast, uh, the first live podcast ever uh, for Magical Ooh. Thinking. And I'm going to turn this over to Elliot Terrell and let him take the lead on this. Elliot, thank you very, very much. Hey. 
I know it's weird for me to be talking into a microphone and you guys just hear my voice. <laughs> Super weird, sorry about that. Uh, like Lance said, my name is Elliot Terrell and I do the Magical Thinking podcast in tandem with artofmagic.com. Uh, first, I want to say that it is such a joy and a privilege to be here for the sixth Pebble Palooza. Yeah, I had to look at the board. The sixth Pebble Palooza. <laughs> I missed a year. It's hard to keep up. Um, you guys are some of my favorite people in the world, and I feel very blessed and honored to know and be friends with most of you. Some of you I don't really care about, but most of you. I'm just kidding. I love everyone in this room. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is the first live episode of the podcast and all that means it's not being broadcast now but it just means that all of you will be able to participate in this discussion uh and i just want you to know if your heckle is really that good you might need to come up and and say it into the microphone <laughs> but other than that uh this will be interesting I, I plan to have three guests uh i'll bring up the first one we'll talk for a few minutes about creativity their inspiration burnout things like that <laughs> Tony's already tapping people out in the back. Uh, and then, you know, I'll bring up the second guest, and the first one will be able to interact with the first guest as well as myself. And you guys can shout out and say things if you have questions. I'm totally game for that. Like I said, this is the first one. It's kind of an experiment, but I, I wouldn't be any more comfortable doing it anywhere else than here. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, then I'll bring up the third guest, we'll do the same thing, and then the last 20 minutes or so will be, uh, you know, uh, an interesting discussion amongst all of us, and I promise we'll be out of here before an hour and a half. I'm not Glenn, so it'll be good. <laughs> if he's not here, that joke was wasted. Yeah, go get him. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Reset, everybody. Reset. <laughs> So, uh, I, I, you know, with, without further ado, I suppose, my first guest is uh, a dear friend, someone who has been absolutely wonderful and loving and encouraging to not only myself, many magicians. He's one of the most creative people in the world, uh, and it is Danny Garcia. Would you please join me? Have a seat. Shut up, Elliot. Okay. We're going to start that way, I suppose. Yeah. This is your microphone. Should we adjust it? What happened? Can we do... I mean... No, no, no. Should we scoot forward? You are so smart. You look great, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, my dad was part unicorn. Can you guys... Well, you got the good parts, I'm sure. Oh, all right. Well... It, I mean, she a special Shut gummy. Up, All right. Um, can you guys can you guys hear us okay? Just having a regular conversation, or because if you're gonna have your own conversation, just leave. That's fine. Tony, I'm looking directly at you. <laughs> why do you not have a uh, Why do you not have a mic set up for yourself so that you don't have to do that? Like I that? I have one, but I feel more special if I'm holding it. Honestly, I swear to God, it's just for me. Is do you it? want to hold yours? Uh, microphone? Yeah. No, they, this is a pot, this is an audio, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for doing this, first of all. Thank you, man. This is uh, awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I know I've been avoiding you to do like a, a full <laughs> one. I haven't been avoiding you though, it's not been a, like, a, I have been avoiding you, it's not like curry, but, uh, <laughs> no, I just, I don't, I Too really much ginger? To, no, I really wanted to, like, I wanted to have time to like sit down, and then you asked me to do this, and I was like, no, but I don't want to do this one either, but then I felt bad. Good. And then Lance was like. <laughs> You know he's gonna stop after the, and I was like, damn. All right, I'll do it. So, but I love you, and I think that they're awesome. So, 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and I'll keep that in mind next time I want something from you. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's, I, I suppose we could just dive into it first. Um, for maybe the listeners who don't know who you are because they're just getting into magic um, and you've been around, not for you know a super long time, but you've, you've made a name for yourself and have kind of stepped out of creating a little bit. Although your mint box is dynamite. Thanks, man. You're Thank welcome. You. Um, just, do you mind just giving a little brief intro and history about who you are and what you're up to? Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, Daniel Garcia, Danny, Dan, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> um, Laurel. Uh, Laurel. Yeah. You want to do it, Yanny? Yanny. Uh, <laughs> where's David Yanny at? Uh, <laughs> so, um, I started doing Magic Five, and then uh, I really didn't have it. Like, let me give you the Cliff Cliff Notes version. Yeah, please. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of money. And uh, so I just kind of came up with my own stuff because we didn't do it. And my parents would buy me basically like the tarbell. So I'd get two tarbells a year. Uh, I'd get one on my birthday, one on Christmas. Uh, but the deal was that I had to finish reading the first one before I could get the second one. Uh, and then I would have to show them magic. Who made the deal? Uh, my parents. My parents and I. So oh, my parents good. were super supportive, like crazy, crazy supportive. Yeah, they dressed me up like a girl. It was like, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, they were great. They were, uh, they pretty much, you know, whatever I needed, they saw that I, something, I really loved something. Um, and they saw that I was really fascinated by uh, kind of how it worked and all of that. You know, I loved tinkering, things like that. So uh, it just made me kind of create things. Uh, and then that led to me continuously creating, 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 creating. So I never did really, you said I kind of took a pause. For, I never stopped creating. Sure, sure. I just n- didn't release. I just didn't really, because I've never really been into releasing, releasing mad. You know what I mean? Yes, I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. Kind of, I liked that old school thing where it was like, look, you've worked on this and you've worked on this. And here's my work that I, like, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of. Like, let's see if you guys can get, you know, see, and see where it pushes magic and see, like, what else people come up with with my ideas and see if they, you know, when they advance them and be like, whoa, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that really drove me. Um, so what happened was I've been creating magic, but I, uh, Blaine uh, bought some of my stuff or was given some of my stuff probably, and uh, he really liked it. And so he asked me to consult for him. Um, I was at dinner, actually, with him and Cyril uh, on the same. So uh, let me, I'll expand a little bit. <laughs> Went to Magic Live. Uh, I got a, I had already turned Chris Angel down twice, and so a guy came up and was like, hey, uh, he really wants to just talk to you, and so I was like, all right, well, he can buy me lunch, because I'm fat, and so uh, he, why'd y'all laugh that I said I was fat? What was that all about? <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so, <laughs> so why are you laughing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, that could have gone really weird just then. Like, we could have made that a really awkward <laughs> moment. Really? I could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lucky I like Shut up, dude. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Picture uh, Justin will be the cover of this yeah. episode. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, um, I ended up walking out of that meeting. I'm not going to go into that meeting, but I ended up wa- leaving that meeting. Uh, the Chris Angel meeting. Yeah. And, yeah, you know the story. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, I went and I had to go to a dinner with David and Cyril. And so you had at, to? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, of course I had to. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so, uh, so I sit down with them, and they started getting into a bidding war of who I was going to consult for. And it ended with David going, I have more money. And uh, Cyril went, yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> and so I started working for Blaine, and it started off as kind of a one-week, uh, a one-week like, trial. And after the first, like, at the end of the first day, he's like, hey, can you stay for, for the months? And I was like, yeah, I'll stay. And then that pretty much opened doors to everything, man. It's like every, you know, I, that's when I went to go do, you know, the UK and to Dynamo. And then that, you know, serial, and that just pretty much started, started my career in. So I hadn't stopped creating. I just, sure, uh, sure, I've sure. just been creating for other people. I'm still creating for myself. I just don't release it. So. Yeah. What, where do you find uh, the creative energy to continuously uh, put yourself into other people and, and grow other people? <laughs> 
I fucking love you guys. Mm. Just alone in my apartment, that would have been a very sensual question. I want to know why you're in your underwear when you just asked me that. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to put on a show for everybody in the audience. <laughs> Uh, okay, what was the question again? <laughs> God damn it, it was so good, I don't even remember. Um, where do uh, I put my what? Where do you put your... <laughs> where do you find the creative energy to continuously put yourself into other people? In my wiener. Yes. Right in my wiener. It's right. Just all, it's just all... All the creative energy is stored in my little wiener. Great. <laughs> uh, At least he was descriptive. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about man penis. Um... <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to women. Anyway, uh, no, man, uh, I don't, I like to, uh, I think creativity, everybody has creativity. Every single person is creative um, in their own right. You know what I mean? And they just, I think that it's fear that kind of, that's one of the main things that they don't want to, a good example is that when we're all sitting around, you know, how many times have you gone to a lecture and somebody, you know, do you have any questions? And nobody will put up their hand. They don't yeah. want to be that first person. They don't want to crack that egg. They don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that that's because of a comfort level. If you understand that everybody around you is going to answer you, but not, you know, it's, you're, they're not going to ridicule you. They might, you know, joke with you, but they're joking with you. Sure. But if you understand that you can have an open conversation and that, that no idea is a bad idea, not saying that it won't work for what you're trying to come up with, but what that might do, you know, my buddy Alex, you know, Alex back there, oh, yeah. you know, he comes, he comes on and Alex will come up with the most crazy ideas, you know, he'll just throw out some crazy, you know, what if we put a rocket in a, in a pool and shoot it over here, and instead of everybody being like, what are you talking, they take the image of what that visual, we take the image, and then we just go, okay, well, let's just start snowballing from that. Yeah. So what happens is it turns into this kind of huge jam session. Yeah. And nobody fears that their that their idea isn't valued. There's no ridicule in it, it. at all. None. Yeah. It, it, there's just no, and there's no, uh, there's no ego. Like you don't. There's not a no. This is my idea. Now the difficult position for me to be in is being the lead of those teams is that I have to say no a lot. So I have to be no, no, you know, no, because I have a very specific visual of what I want in my head. Yeah. Uh, whether that be how the story, in quotes, is coming across through the audience, through the camera, because it's completely different, you know what I mean, yeah. as far as sitting down, because a connection, when you're sitting with somebody, you can make a connection through that, through, through eye contact and the way that you, the way that you interact with that person. With a camera, you know, there's a disconnect there. Absolutely. So you have to figure out what, that's, what that connection is going to be and where you want. So depending on how that's going to get modified. So I think that I have a, a good visual of what, bless you, I think I have a really good visual of how, uh, how that, that needs to be. So I have to say no a lot. Mm -hmm. But the great thing is that these guys fully, fully trust me. And so instead of them getting upset that I say no, then they just go, they understand that I want something better or that I have a, a specific, will you shut up, dude? I'm like, I'm over here, I'm trying to talk. I don't care how old you are. I, don't, it's a, it's, I know you got more hair than me. You ain't got to mm-hmm, I'm right there in the face. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so it's, they, they know, I think they kind of understand how, how Alex is peeing himself. Look at Alex, he's peeing. <laughs> Uh, they understand that I that it's not a negative no. It's a this is on the way to something, but I have a very specific. It's and, not, and yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm a hundred percent wrong though. Sometimes I might be like no, and then they say what about this, and I go oh I didn't even think about that, and it just continues yeah. continues to grow. So yeah, so it's just I I believe it's I believe it's environment, man. I really believe that it's environment, it's connection with your peers, yeah, as opposed to just you know well you're creative, you're not creative, you're creative, you're not, you're all creative. Everybody's creative. Everybody here, we could come up with a trick right now. And every single person. Let's would be, not do you know, that. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> but uh, 
But that's what I'm saying. You know, yes, it, absolutely. Just, just depending on what that what that yeah, is. And I'm very, very lucky that I have access to amazing people uh, that can help me with that. Mm -hmm. so. Where did you develop that in yourself, this idea of constant creation and, and not getting negative about it? Hmm. And my, the difference between a no and a negative answer? Probably my wiener. It was probably a... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see how many times I can say wiener in this... Uh, and, um, You're killing it so far. Yeah, More okay. than anyone else. I'm, I'm, at, think, I'm at seven. Okay, good. <laughs> um, no, I, I, don't, I really don't know, man. I, don't, I really just, I think some people, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a scene in there where uh, Matt Damon's explaining Mozart and the piano. Yeah. Right? And he's like, when he sits down, it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, he just, like, I sit down, I see keys. I see white. I see black keys, right? He said, I don't segregate my pianos. But, uh, <laughs> but I, see all these, I see all these keys. And he said, when Mozart sat down, it just made sense to him. And so I, like, I kind of feel like I, magic just makes sense to me. Well, it's, I mean, I'm still growing. I don't, you know, I still don't think that I really understand magic yet. Sure. But uh, as far as creating and as far as visuals and as far as that kind of thing, I think that I kind of have an idea for it. Um, but it just kind of makes sense to me. I may not know that I feel, I just feel that it, like, this is something. I don't know what it is, but there's something here. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't like it yet, I might sit on it for years, but there's some, I can feel something. I know that something is good. The potential's there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where, and I don't know where it comes from. I just think it just comes from doing magic since I was five, and mm -hmm. that being a part of my life now, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. An inherent intuitive sense is yeah. to what? My parents also beat me a lot when I was a kid. So they would sit down and they'd say, create it, double lift, you son of a bitch. And so, uh, <laughs> so it, was, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt me emotionally. Yeah. And so. Uh, but oh, got, they weren't physically hitting you. Yeah, and my double lift still sucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, just, I think, yeah, I just think coming from doing it for so long and just, yeah. you know, just doing that. Well, so, so what's the difference to you? I mean, obviously, and. Most people have, not most, a lot of people have talked ad nauseum about the difference between watching magic on television and watching magic uh, in person. And obviously a live experience of magic is better, but how do you approach creating magic for someone who isn't you in such a way that the audience at home will have uh, a facsimile of a magical experience? Well, that's the key, actually. So I feel like the word consultant is thrown around a lot nowadays. Um, which is almost why I don't want to call myself a consultant, kind of, because I feel like that term has now become kind of, it become, it's be taken over trick submitter, mm -hmm. right? So if you've given a magician on television a trick, now you're, in, I'm a consultant now, but no, you just gave us a trick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think what a consultant does, uh, not, well, I'll say what I do and, and what I believe should be done, is that you need to understand your subject. You need to understand the person that you are creating for. So if I don't know anything about that person, then I need to do research on that specific individual to figure out what to do. I just got done doing this, sh this uh, show for Netflix yeah. and doing this, this big thing. Uh, but I told the guy, I said, hey, man, can we just go to lunch? I just want to sit down with lunch for you. I just want to the first day. I just want to sit down. Let's go to lunch. Let's go to dinner. You know, we can go see a movie. Let's go do something. Uh, and we did, you know, we went, went out two or three times. And the whole point was just I wanted to make a connection with that guy and figure out who he was, figure out what the concept of this show was going to be for me. What, what is the viewer going to latch onto? What's his character going to be? Not that it has to be some rambunctious character. I just need to figure that out. Yeah. Then figure out what the kind of, not, I'm going to use the word theme loosely, Sure. but what the theme of the show is. You have to figure out who he is to make authentic magic exactly. for him. Because, yeah. because that's what magic is, right? It's just like doing a slight. Uh, you know, there's tons of guys out here who have amazing, I mean, we're here right now with amazing magicians, you know what I mean? Myself, I, you know, I started creating moves and stuff because my hands just wouldn't do what I wanted them to do for that move. And it, and it could have been just me being lazy. It could have been that the person that created that move's finger was a quarter inch longer and it makes it that, it just makes that a little more difficult. So I started creating magic for me, but mm -hmm. also 
the way that I move, the gestures that I make, all the different movements that I make, if I, if my moves, if, if my, oh, shit, sorry about that. Hello? <laughs> hey, I never thought you'd call back. What are you wearing? Say it slow. Hey, I'm in the middle of something. Wiener. Okay, bye. Uh, uh, sorry about Tony, that. Tony, put your fucking phone away. <laughs> I don't have time for your Reddit jokes. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, So anyway, but you know, yep. so you start creating for that. It, that I, I feel that just makes it more natural because yeah. now I don't have to they don't have to move their hands in a way that they would never move their hands. They don't yeah. have to they don't have to do something in a way that they would never do that. Yeah. So you can modify, you know, with Blaine, Blaine's a very good example because Blaine is has, is a very stripped down and very raw to the point, but that means that the technique should be exactly the same. Yeah. So that, does that make sense? Because yep, if yep. he if his character is that or that's how I feel. If his character is that person but he's a very like a move monkey. Then there's kind of a juxtaposition there, right? There's a deviation between yeah. what people expect and yeah, what exactly. they see. Yeah. yeah. So. so you're to me, it's almost like you're kind of an actor in that way, where you're trying to understand this character that Definitely. you have to play, mm-hmm. that then someone else just who is literally the character just takes yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Oh, I like it, man. It helps. I mean, it's it helps create what I think is good for that person, what magic is good for that, that individual. How has consulting for other performers changed your own uh, understanding and appreciation for magic? Uh, I mean, well, it's, I mean, just, just watching them, just look, just understanding that I, I'll tell you something that feels good on a personal level, man. It's a lot of people have asked me kind of like one of this, you know, well, how come you don't do this for yourself? Why don't do you do your own special? And every time I'm like, oh, I just finished up this special for ABC. I finished up a special for Netflix. I finished up a special. And they're yours, yours, yours. And it's, it's funny because I really enjoy the other side. I enjoy the creating. I enjoy not being that person. I, and that's been something really, because I get to live that life but not have to deal with all the bullshit that's on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm just, cre- I'm doing that life, but with what I want to do, I want to create, you know, I want to, I want to, and I still get to perform. I just perform, you know, out and with friends and in the bars and, you know, you know. No, I've heard the stories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but that's where I have to test things. You know, mm-hmm. if I could come up with something for somebody, I got to take it out and I, I don't want to just give them a thing. I got to go make sure it's going to work and figure out what I didn't understand about this effect when the idea popped in my head. You yeah. Know? Uh, but it's changed a lot, man. It's a, uh, it's opened me up as far as uh, understanding that I can look at this person and look at what they do and modify that, how they connect with the person. How they, that, like David's a great example. David can connect with a person because David is so stripped down. There's no lying between, the, it's just literally David. And the fact that the David Blaine kind of effect has taken place yes, now because yeah. he is David, right? But David hates that. He doesn't like that he doesn't get that natural. He wants that real genuine, that's why he loves performing for people that don't know who he is, you know, because yeah. he gets that real genuine reaction. Um, but I love watching that and going, okay, what is he doing and how can I modify that for my character, the character of Daniel Garcia? Not yeah. just talking about me, but the, you know, we all, whenever, you know, Malone and I were just talking about this uh, out in the lobby, that that we are exaggerated characters of ourself when you perform. Yes. Not saying you are not yourself because that is you, but you are an exaggerated character for that connection, right? Everybody wants to laugh. They want to have fun. They want to smile. They want to feel like you are interacting with them. That's what makes magic so amazing, right? So that's kind of the goal. That's what that's what that goal is. That's, I think I just rambled. That's ramble on real fast. Did I just don't, stop. don't stop. Don't oh, stop. Don't stop. So that, and then if you take your pinky toe, I'm gonna say wiener one wiener. more time. <laughs> I was gonna say here it comes. <laughs> um, so so you're you're taking these these aspects of other people's characters and adding them figuring to your own to, exaggeration. Figuring out how to add them to where it makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because so, I, I cannot get away with something that Dave can get away with, something you know that Cyril can get away with. What does the process look like? 
as far as I, I mean maybe just an example like you see the way that david connects with someone you go i want to do that in my own way well, how I, do you then think about i mean that's an awesome question because now i have to di- dissect what i would do in that situation to create that moment yeah does that make sense yes and for me to create that moment is completely different than what david has to do so a bad example would be if David, because he wouldn't, is going to do like Crazy Man's Handcuff. He would never do that. But, sure. Uh, but it's a very bad example. Or a, a magician. Some other magician is going to do Crazy Man's Handcuff. And they get into, and, and with David, the way that David might do something like that, what David would, would take the two bands and he would say, uh, can you scoot back two feet? You, can you scoot back two feet? Uh, do you mind opening the window? Gars, Gars, go open the window for us. Can I have a different rubber band, please? Just the same kind, but a different one. But he, <laughs> but he starts adding all these different variables. But people at first think it's something kind of funny. But the way that I'm not saying that this is happening, but sure. what would happen is that they would look at it, and then they would. You see them start to change. You see them start to go. Wait, is this for like? Does this really matter? Does he really? Because he never breaks. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Just me, I'm not going to do that because that's not my delivery. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a joke. I'm going to say wiener. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to do something that's I'm going to try to get to that to where that tension has now built up. All everything has built up. This atmosphere has now been built before anything has happened. Yeah. Right. A connection's been made before anything has happened. For me to do that is completely different. I ha- for me to make that connection is it's a 180. You know what I mean. So now I have to evaluate how am I going to get to this position. How am I going to get this feeling? How do I get somebody so totally into it? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, what, uh, depending on what the moment is, right? Sure. Depending on what we're trying to do. Sure. And but that for when that, it's like a committed, like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. This, so then I just kind of yeah. dissect, and then that's when we go out, and I'm like, all right, well, let me see if I can get them to think... That, I may not try the trick, but I may try to use a technique, use the psychology yeah. to get them mentally in that spot. Yeah. So, as a, as a very boring answer, wasn't it? No, uh, it was fascinating. Right. Did you guys think it was boring? Yeah! <laughs> Fuck you, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what's up? I'll repeat your question. Go ahead. Can you, can you uh, describe an experience where maybe uh, an idea that you thought fit did not fit for the client? What, what failure looks like in that sense? Yeah, so, Jay, we'll, do you mind if I repeat yeah, it for, for the listener? So, Jay asked if uh, Danny could discuss a moment where he created something that didn't fit for the client. Uh, I'll give you a great example, actually. I mean, it's not a magic effect. So, Jay J. Raman. Uh, I love ramen. Me it's too. A, it's delicious, bro. JJ Ramen, yeah, however, where's JJ Ramen house at? Uh, um, I uh, so I helped out this uh, this magician, and sometimes whenever I help magicians who uh, can't really think uh, responses on their feet, just a quick witted, you know what I mean, just a real fast response. Yeah. Um, they'll put me on a on a mic like this that has a button with an earwig that goes to their ear. So now I can, I'm, and I'm listening to them, and then I'll think of a response, and I'll feed it to them real fast, and then they'll answer with, with that response. And you said so wiener? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shut up, Bill. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all they do. <laughs> it's for Oscar Mayer. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> he's, my, he's my neighbor. Uh, so I was, uh, feeding, I was feeding lines to this guy. And it wasn't until I it wasn't until I watched the footage that I realized that he just looked like an asshole, because the res- the deliveries that I were giving were very tongue in cheek, sarcastic, kind of like we're doing now. But I didn't realize that it was me looking at them and cracking a half smile or winking at them 
or me putting my hand on their shoulder when I delivered the line to somebody else, not directly to them. Yeah. Or say, or telling this gentleman over here to shut, you know, in, in yeah. the middle of a sneeze, and, and then and then ridiculing him for ten seconds. But I don't think you felt like I was being serious at all yet. So I I uh, I forgot that that that's, you there what, in that's yeah. what made that that dialogue work mm -hmm. for him. He didn't have that. So he was just being an ass to these people. <laughs> and, so, and it wasn't until I watched the show and I watched the edits that I was like, oh, yeah, no, this does not cut that line out. That is not good. Uh, but that's, a, that's a, an example of kind of not using magic, just using, because I think that that's more important, actually, is that, that thing. Uh, but yeah, so that's a that's an example. and then there's effects also that are like that. There's definitely effects that a lot of the times they just don't make it to the board. They'll it comes out with a big group. Like I'll I'll show up to to New York, sit down with David, just us two with a list of a hundred things, and I'll say here are the hundred ideas that I have, and they may go up on a board. You know, uh, ring and coat hang the ring and coat hanger thing started as a as just a one sentence in my cell phone, and that one sentence was a uh, fish fishing. Fishing for a ring is what it was with a needle and with a needle and a hook, right? Uh, or a hook and a fishing line. So that was the first. That's what started the whole thing, was that. But it wasn't until eight years later that, throughout my notes, you see a progression of what if we use this? What if we use this? And you see it start to mold to start fitting, start fitting David. You know what I mean? What if this happens? What if this happens? He would react this way, and everything just starts changing. So it might start with something that he's not going to do, but then it'll start modifying itself over the years, over the years. But that's what it starts off with a bunch of a bunch of effects, and you just list all these effects. And David will go, no, yes, no, yes, yes. And the things that I still feel are good for David, where I'm like, because he doesn't see what I'm seeing in it, right? He just kind of he comes up. So I put uh, just put a little asterisk by it, even though he says no, I put an asterisk by it, and then I figure out a way to explain the trick to him again, maybe three days later, but I don't say it the same way that I did the first time. So that way he starts under he gets a little more information about what my visual or what my what the thing is, and then he might say yes. If he says no again, then I put another asterisk by it. So now I know he said no two times to something. So, but I still feel that there's something there. But I know that so I can now circle it and put it away for a little bit until I understand how that's going to resonate with him. Amazing. Thanks. Um, it's a collaboration's everything, man. It's uh, there's not you're not just going to have one consultant that goes to to a magician. And that consultant is 100% right about everything. You know what I mean? That's not. And that's why I, when, earlier when we were talking, when I said the thing about magic consultant and trick submitter, where that's that's the thing that's different now. You know, a magic consultant's going to sit down with you. They're going to understand you. They're going to they're going to continue to to go on. You know what I mean? They're going to push it. You know. So, yeah, man, it's all collaboration. It's a huge collaboration. I would never be where I'm at in my career without an amazing team. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. Like it's not. That's just not going to happen, man. I'm not saying I wouldn't be able to create magic. I'm just. I'm very lucky to have incredible people around you, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Like you. Oh, stop it. No, it's true. Keep it going. is true, sir. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we are ready for our next guest. We're, we're, we're doing like, I'm supposed to stay here? You can stay or you can scoot down and I can sit next to. You got it. <laughs> we're not going to be able to hear your wiener jokes down there, so. <laughs> we should have another chair, actually. Um. So, our originally scheduled second guest, and this is totally my fault, you guys, I'm taking full responsibility for this, uh, is not here. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to ask John Wilson to join me on stage. This man is a wizard. He is...
Oh, thank you. It feels like a talk show. It's like Letterman. I like know. The guy stands up and he's yeah. like, oh, it's your turn. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you, sir. Scoot down on the couch. Where's my sidekick? Um, sidekick. So John, John is uh, one of my favorite magicians. I don't know how many of you guys uh, have ever met John or spoken to him, but he is a philosopher and an alchemist and a wizard, Ooh. in my opinion. You got a way better intro than I did. <laughs> that was amazing. An alchemist and a wizard? Yeah. You, you got this is intro. Danny. You gotta have an intro like that when, uh, when you're the alternate. Yeah, man, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you're the alternate. <laughs> that just won't do. John is also the only person on the panel who uh, has been in an episode before because, unlike Danny, he got back to me. Oh, you see how you, you see how you tried to make that really weird? Now, it's not, shut up, Elliot. Now I'm an alternate and a sequel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but a sequel that people actually wanted. That's true. Yeah. Oh. They're a lot better, too. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Alright, like I said, this is the first time this is happening. So, uh, Danny, feel free to chime in whenever and ask any questions that you may have. Okay. But, uh, uh, yo, bro. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm Danny. Uh, so, how long have you been doing magic? Uh, cool. Back to Elliot. Fascinating <laughs> story. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, you said wiener, Tony? He didn't even say wiener. <laughs> didn't even say I'm not saying crazy. it at all. From the rest of the podcast, it's done. That's only during my second. What are you not saying? It's I'm allergic. To what? Wiener. wiener. Oh, you said it again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not saying wiener again. Where's uh, <laughs> Camry's? <laughs> Starting now. Wrong. John, thank you for coming up. Uh, so... As Danny and I were talking about creativity, I'd like to bring up for you the kind of magic that you do uh, in my mind, and at least the kind of magic that I've read about from you, is very personal and um, incredibly moving to people. How do you create the space in which you can do something that might literally take someone's fear away? So... I'm always asking people for kind of a weird intimacy, you know, especially if it's in front of a crowd, then it's it's a weird space to get somebody, you know, wanting to cry or to, to tell you an actual secret from their life or something like that. So the only way that I can do that is by being really genuine with them and by being really open in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have to know that you really mean it when you ask them to, you know, if I ask them to say something or write something down, they have to know that I I need you to, to be really there, you know, I need you to be present when we're doing this, because if you're not, then I'll just pick somebody else, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It has to be a good yeah, yeah. um, That was an amazing answer, by the way. Like, that was an awesome answer. Jesus, that was awesome. Thank you. I'm going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> And and so what is that? What is what is it about that that is attractive to you in doing conjuring tricks? So, I'm kind kind of like what Danny was talking about, how to how to get that reaction out of somebody. I mean, that's where it, that's where it started. Is I did a card trick and somebody freaked the hell out, and I didn't know why. You know, and then it's like, what what did I do? What did, I, what did I do different that time, and how do I make that happen over and over and over again? Um, because I just knew, I mean, I didn't have any other tricks that would make somebody run away at full speed. Um, so once that happens, you're like, that's, 
that's really strong, and I need to make that happen. Um, and I think it just kind of naturally leads there from that point. Um, so I've, I've never seen you perform. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious. Uh, the character that you perform, the you that as you perform, is it the same? Just kind of right now, it is whenever you are performing. Because right now, you seem just like a very calm and just kind of just very caring, just kind of stand-up dude. Yeah. So do you do you deviate from this at all, or is it just is this kind of the, because I can feel now that you could do for me if I, I'm just and I'm answering as a consultant, uh, mm -hmm. but I feel like you could get away with doing these these exactly what he asked me right as far as the. I have a hard time. Mm -hmm. When I was in New York, I don't want to take away from your thing, yeah. but when I was in New York, I tried a whole other character with Tony. Right? I mean, for six months, I tried just a different me, uh, just a more deep kind of let me try to see if I can kind of resonate with them more in story. Mm -hmm. uh, and the big thing that I got, and I got it multiple times, which is how I knew I was doing something wrong, was people were like, man, that was great. You're a really good storyteller. Right. And for me, I was like, I'm, there's a disconnect there now. Something's going on, you know what I mean? So I, and that was a very eye-opening thing for me that I was like, oh, I need to modify this for, I need to stop being this person. Because yeah. it's not, because they can feel that dis, this genuine kind of like, this isn't this guy saying this line. You know, Tony and I right. were talking about the other night. It's not, if you're not saying, if it's not you saying the, the line or saying the, you know, giving the direction, if they mm -hmm. feel like it's a fake version of you, right. then they're not gonna, they're not gonna attach. Exactly. So do you, do you feel like you're just kind of? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to just be myself. Uh, you know, no matter where I'm performing or whatever I'm doing, it's not other than the clown makeup that I wear mm -hmm. when I do yeah. it. Nude, uh, nude, yeah. yeah. His wiener's out. Just, <laughs> just my wiener. <laughs> it's like it's contagious, uh, right? Wiener? Right. Um, no, no, I mean, it's it's just always me the, the same way. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think you'll get that kind of storyteller vibe from some people just because they don't know how to how to deal with the situation mm -hmm. they're just like i don't know i don't know what it was i don't know if that was magic they were just there was right? well it was real magic if right. they connected and they exactly. have to ask that question that's real magic that's right. what we're aiming for right right yeah that's it's, incredible uh, because it should feel like a, either a story about yourself or something like that or a story that we're creating right now that's going to you know change or alter you in some fundamental way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think the storyteller thing is, is bad. No, me either, yeah, at all. Yeah. But if they think you got that story from someone else, yeah. then that's that's. If the they problem. don't feel like that's right. really genuine, yeah. Right. That's no, where the authenticity comes in. Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to get to the point where nobody's asking you, where did you learn that, yeah. right? Or yeah, it's just you. It's like, this is clearly just a chunk, a chunk of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Did everybody hear what he just said? Because it blew my mind. <laughs> you have to get to a point where people don't ask you, where did you learn that? That's all. Did you fucking hear him say that? Oh, give me a second. I just... That was amazing. <laughs> I, my wieners. <laughs> <laughs> having thoughts and feelings. Did you say that plural? Yes. My, my, my wiener apostrophe has got a back <laughs> Well, you never know at magic conventions. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible, bro. God damn it. Fuck me forever. I'm so sorry. You know what's funny? Uh, just real quick while you're having trouble talking. Uh, Thank you, please. I'll just turn uh, my microphone off. Uh, Tony, uh, I just showed Tony uh, Chang. Came and saved me for a couple days before this to drive up with it just to hang out. Just because we have amazing conversations. Um, 
and we were I showed him this this uh, documentary called the Institute and I love this documentary and the reason I showed him this documentary is for it's amazing right it's an amazing documentary uh, and it was funny because when I, I've showed it to several people uh, and it was told to me by Apollo Robbins he's the one that told me about it and when I showed it to him he said the same thing he was saying exactly what I hoped he would say like and he got it he understood it uh, but in there the whole thing you know the, the Institute to give you just kind of a really brief thing of it was this social experiment they did in San Francisco a bunch of flyers are out on on posts you crazy uh, vital orbiter invisible force field these kind of things you would call them they tell you to go to a place well it ended up if you went to the place that started a game and that game the, the movie the game you remember the movie the game so it's that so that game lasted two years right but it was so ridiculous whenever you go there you sit down and it's like a, a brainwashing TV and you're it's very very strange but that's and people keep going and it lasts two years long to come to this finale mm -hmm. but what's amazing to me is that not once as as crazy as this this whole thing is right when they show up and they're going they understand that it's not real but not once did they question anything not once they just accepted the fantasy land and they kept going they didn't you didn't have to prove that it was a fantasy there was no which is what we're doing were trying to prove the fantasy. Yeah. They automatically accepted that they were in a fantasy bubble. To me, that's incredible because that's exactly what you are doing, mm -hmm. right? Is, is creating this atmosphere and this fantasy bubble happening. And now the action of a snap, if you think about it, right? What we're, when we snap, we tell people, we're saying that the action of this, the power that's in my fingers, this, as our character, signals that it's gonna cause this to happen, yeah, which people not. know is not true. They know that's not true. They, they, I mean, they just know. But they, they kind of accept the fact that we just say it. But there's still that, that tension. In this documentary, that tension is gone. It doesn't exist. And I feel like that's what we're aiming for, which is what you're doing. You, that, that vanishes, which is an incredible. Like, I, think, I feel like we can learn a lot from that documentary, just, especially the way it ends with this kind of, they build it up. You know what I mean? And then do you guys want to spoil No. <laughs> uh, there is no spoiler, but it's just the way, the crescendo and the way that it happens, you feel them like, oh, you just experienced real magic and not once did they have to prove to you that this was real. They accepted that it was fantasy. And I find, I feel like that's what you do just naturally. That's amazing, man. That's incredible. I think the, I think the biggest thing is to the documentary show is like, you want the spectators not to be the spectator. They want to be a participant. They are the, right? they are they the story. You are the story. And that's exactly what you're talking about. That you are, the, it is not me telling you a story. It is that we are sharing a story together, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes the willing, dis, uh, willing suspension of disbelief much more palatable. Mm -hmm. Is that it, in, it then becomes a willing suspension of disbelief. It's not, okay, pretend now. It's like they go, oh, yeah, no, I'm part of this and I'm going yeah. to enhance my own experience they take ownership of it in a way that i think a lot of magicians have trouble getting their audience to do well they befriend you right mm -hmm. they, oh, be, yeah. they be, it's like a what spencer johnson wrote a, <coughs> the one minute the one minute series right and in in the one minute salesperson it says that a sale is made in the first 11 seconds of meeting somebody well that's what we're doing as magicians is that we're selling ourselves and we're selling this connection so in 11 seconds if i can sell you who i am genuinely you don't want your friends to lose why would you want your friends to lose? If I befriended that person, now they want you to win. They no longer, if I turned over, they don't wanna go, I hope that's not it. They want it to be it. So I think that's the first step and you, you're doing it naturally. Like it's just you just instantly. Yeah, I think a lot of magic gets framed as a confrontation. Yeah, right? exactly, it's right? Like, 
It's like, I'm going to fool you. I'm going to do it right under your nose. Well, it goes straight to the words, yeah. right? The words themselves are negative right. connotations, right. right? Fooling, deceiving, trick. You're a spectator. Exactly. Right? You yeah. just sit there and watch. Yeah. Or it, you're in the audience. You just sit there and listen. Definitely. It's like, no. No, no, we. No, I don't want that. Yeah. We're, we're going to do something. We're going to go to a place. Yeah. Without you, I can't do this. Yeah. Without me, you don't get to see this. Right. It's a relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. You're awesome, bro. That's great. How do you refer to spectators if you don't use the participants? Usually participants. I'm if Assholes. I'm if there's something, <laughs> there there are That's some afterwards. things that can only be done in front of crowds. Like it's those are things that are really tough to practice, right? You things you can't practice in a mirror. You need a room full of people. When you think about it, you have to think the audience or or you know. But trying not to think of them as props, you know. If, if, if you pick a card, any card, it doesn't matter which one. It's like, why am I here? Right? Like, that's, you're telling me that my role is trivial, that it doesn't even matter what I do, and you don't even care. So, like, what's the next thing? Mm -hmm. You know? Or, or, I've already seen this one. I've seen, I've seen the one where you should well, be like I, a prop. Right? Well, that's what they do. That no. shows you, right? Because right. it goes straight into... They, how many times have we heard that? I've already heard. I've already seen this. I've already seen this. I've yeah. already seen it. That just shows it's you like, that I don't even know what I'm going to do. Yeah, yet. exactly. <laughs> oh, no. John, what is magic to you? Magic is the acknowledgement, delivery, and manipulation of symbols. Can you elaborate, sir? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a deep sigh in the audience. <laughs> Ma magic is the the delivery. Acknowledgement and manipulation of symbols. Oh my God, that's right. Right. It really is on a deep level. Yeah, that's I mean, like a triangle. That's <laughs> <laughs> like so. That that's the definition of magic that I've found that holds for every usage that we have for it. You know, if you see someone who's an auto mechanic and they're working on an on an engine and they'll talk about it was it's like magic you know when i'm in that zone it's like there's 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 something else going on there that doesn't involve a bottom palm or you know holding out or anything like that uh, but it applies when people talk about it in the context of art and literature and ceremonial magic religious magic ritual in all of those contexts, it's that. That's what it is. Jay, you have a question? Yes. Uh, no. This is JJ Raman again, yes. by the way. I love Raman. <laughs> <laughs> I love Raman. Another plug for JJ's Raman. I mean, do you think you know, you know, the majority of us are magicians as hobbyists, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's like a level where you know magic is an emotional experience where the you have in one in one camp you have the reaction where the best reaction is the laugh. The, even the other can't have the reaction when the best reaction is tears, right? So is there, do we necessarily have to go through this kind of torturous wilderness and, you know, thinking of the spectator as an object and looking just for the laugh? Or is there a way that, you know, somebody can start, you know, tr treating it as an art, you know, uh, you know, somebody raised from 10 years old to think of it in these terms? Do you think that's possible? So for the, the listeners, yeah, for the yeah. listeners, Jay's question is, is it possible for someone who is newish into magic to skip through all of the bullshit that we all go through, which is treating spectators as an object and just going for the big, huge reaction that magic companies sell to you, 
and get to the emotional state of a wonderful, beautiful, intimate, authentic engagement with another person? Is there a shortcut through that? I just repeated this. You're done. He was an actor first, yeah. yeah. Rob Zabrecki, Jay mentioned. So I, I think about it in, in terms of I, what I call the, the maze of mechanical <laughs> solutions. Right? You, you have to have some kind of fundamental understanding of, of how to get things done. doesn't mean that you have to have all of the tools in the toolbox, but you need to understand if I need to get a card from one side of a stage to another state to another side of the stage, there are a finite number of solutions. There are some of them that are really complicated and crazy, and that might be the right answer. There are some that are really simple, and there's some where it never moves across the stage and only seems to, right? So once you get that, that kind of grounding in, in understanding mechanics, then I think it's really easy to do the rest of it. I, I think it's, you have to kind of treat it as this mechanical puzzle for a little while, at least. But I think most magic is uh, is kind of thought of from inception to performance as just a three-dimensional puzzle, a four-dimensional puzzle in time, right? It's just I, I go through this set of instructions and then that's done. And you can see performers as they're performing just trying to get to the end and be done with it. Even some, some guys that are really good, you're just like, man, you should milk that moment, you've got them right there, you have their attention completely. And they're just like, ta-da, right, boom. And then for my next trick, boom. Um, so it's it's hard, it's hard to do, but... Um, well, it's funny because I think that they both, people separate, people separate technique from presentation, but I think it's technique and technique. Presentation is still a technique. You still have to understand and learn and keep growing as far as presentation. Uh, but so I, they're the exact same thing. It's just another form of technique. So I think that what you're asking, what you is just that, yeah, you work on this and get this, you know, just, just because I do one good double lift, but if you want to go further, that double lift may not be the perfect double lift to do if that deck is sitting on the table and I cannot pick that deck up because it'll break my moment. So now I need to know how to do a pinch double, you know what I mean? Something like that. So I think that having what you're saying, having those techniques right. and building up that bank so that you know the best move to use at that moment, and then after you get all that, now work on the technique of connection and work on the technique of presentation and the technique of what you do for that. Right. And I think as far as a shortcut is concerned, it's just being self-aware enough to know that that's your goal from the beginning. And that's why I think a lot of people that get into magic later, like Rob, who come into it in uh, a mature fashion uh, can look at what they're doing as more than trying to get a reaction from a card trick. They think of it more as, and he had a background in performing, but the, these, these more mature people can come into it and say, uh, I have a specific goal out of this that isn't just, I fooled you with a trick. Mm. There is potential there for something more meaningful. Uh, and magic might be the medium that speaks to them in a way that is profound. Are we lucky that magic's neat? <laughs> and what we do is awesome, bro. Yeah, this is incredible. What we do is incredible. Oh, absolutely. I feel. I feel like it's just. I feel like it's like sometimes it's just. 
people don't under like see like or I guess feel how amazing what we do actually is. It's incredible. Like we should be proud to be magician. Every time somebody comes up to you and you're sitting down, and are you a magician? Yes, I am. Like I can like I have the ability to give you something that normal like the regular people can't do. Like that's incredible. We should be proud to be magicians, man. Change people's DNA. Yeah, man, it's amazing. Well, I, you know, I used to, I used to sit down and people would come up and I'd be the same. You know, that say, do, do I ask you to do my taxes and that? You know, just to try to defuse that whole. And then yeah. I realized, like, wait a minute, like, what we do is incredible. Yeah. Like we can, we can do something for this person, and it takes out thirty seconds of my life. What a great gift we have. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great gift, for sure. Um. Tony, did you have anything that you wanted to add? No, I don't mind. I, I, I was saying that, I think Jay is kind of saying an interesting thing, which is, I feel like, imagine that we were all trying to play the piano, right? Imagine we're all trying to play the piano. Just to play the piano, but what, what he's trying to say is, is that no pianist, if I was trying to learn the piano, and I, all I learned, <laughs> no, but like, if I was trying to learn the piano, and how it operates, right? We learned the scales, right? or just how to operate it, right? But it's only magicians that would say, hey, I know how this I know how this machine operates, so therefore I'm a musician. Yeah, we just talked about right. this in Houston. We, we're the only art form that's, that's like, you give thing. them piano, that's I mean, you give them a guitar. Yeah. And like, as a deck of cards, if you buy a magic trick, and you get the trick and somebody says, oh, no, yeah, I'm a magician. But, yeah. but it's our fault, man. It's magician's fault. Yeah. Easy to master, easy to do, self-working. You know, no practice involved. Yeah. Like, think of you Perform would never hear yeah. that if you gave somebody a guitar and was like, "Yes, I'm a musician." No, they, and they don't say that. They don't say, <laughs> but they don't say that. They say they say I'm learning to play a guitar, and then once they learn to play the guitar, I play the guitar, and then once they do that and they write a song, they still don't call themselves a musician. I now have written a song. We have one of the, if not the only one, where people are like, "I'm a magician." Yeah, the barrier to entry apparently to people is, I paid six dollars for this gaff deck of cards. Exactly. Yeah. And now I am a magician. But thankfully, to things like this, man, we see that it's. I mean, I mean, you feel it. It's so much more, and you can tell that it's so much more. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. How, how do you make something? I'm, I'm so sorry, but how do you make something so much more? Which the majority of us here are hobbyists, right? I want, I want the reactions that you're talking about, and I want the reactions you're talking about. But I, but I feel that I'm mostly stuck in a place of uh, where, you know, my magic is a hobbyist and, you know, is short form stuff, basic card tricks is mostly like the, uh, the equivalent of a, of a joke, right? Of a joke with a punchline. If I, I mean, how do I build something as just a hobbyist? I don't want to be having an evening show. I want to be able to do a card trick. What should I be thinking about to bring it to a level where somebody's emotionally engaged without seeming saccharine or First, don't do too many card tricks. But, but why not? But why not? Yeah. yeah. First, I have to repeat. I have to repeat. Uh, so Jay asks, as a hobbyist, he wants the. <laughs> Excuse me, JJ Ramen. I love ramen. Jay asks, as a hobbyist, um, how to do magic that doesn't necessarily seem trivial to the people around him. Is that well, maybe I, I, a I good think word actually, I think he's actually asking how does he, as a hobbyist, modify him, like learn how to do what you were talking about and learn, right. but if he is just a hobbyist, like, because it seems like, because it sounds like a lot of work, and it is a lot of work, right? I mean, it's not, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that what he's saying is that for somebody that does this as a hobby and who likes doing that, 
Like, what are some practical steps? Yeah, what is that like? How is that? Because that sounds very difficult. I think is what is that what you're saying? Like yeah, that sounds. I mean, there's tricks where audience engagement is key, and there's tricks where the performer is just doing it. Mm -hmm. the, the audience is the object, and they're just taking a card. There's a randomizing force, right? So I know I, I see that difference. But mm -hmm. what are some best practices you might say for somebody that just wants to perform but doesn't want to have to script something out? You know, uh, think about lighting and consideration. Well, and most of the time, if I'm performing, it's not on a stage. I, I do I do some stand-up performing, but that's that's pretty rare for me. But one-on-one, -on -one, in a bar, at a place, at somebody's house, I, I basically do it the same way. It's just, if I'm asking somebody to pick a card, there's a, there's a reason. You know, in, instead of having you pick a card out to then lose it and shuffle it, I might have you name a card and, and do, a, do a trick that way, right? Um, which, it's that, exactly, that framing of, of why we're doing the things that we're doing is, is massively important. I say, you can still have somebody pick a card and it could be any card at all, but, but, but this is really important. Yeah, this, be careful which card you pick. Why would right? you have it's, to be careful if it's, 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 one, it's one thing to say that, that you're picking the card, but in a certain kind of way, it's like, it's like the card is picking you, right? Yeah. So be careful which one you take, but I need you to take one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, also, I think that okay. uh, for, okay. for yeah. myself, I would, because I think that I was kind of in your boat as well, as like with the thing that I said about New York. Is, uh, do, uh, I don't, do you mind if I answer No, please. Uh, this is... I, I think that don't be scared I don't I I got comfortable in comfort knowing that this was going to work knowing that I didn't have to think about anything anymore that I was on autopilot every single thing I've done this four billion times and that what I'm doing is guaranteed a reaction I know it's gonna get a reaction so step out of that why not step out of that why not one night go out and just if, if you if that's if you are a hobbyist then instead of knowing that you are going to kill that night, try something new. Try to modify just your lines. Try to modify just, instead of, you know, instead of having a card, you know, for ambitious, I don't get somebody to pick a card for ambitious, because yeah. it doesn't matter. The trick is that the card is melting through the, so I just turn the top card over with the double, that's how I start. And I just go, we're gonna use whatever that card is. Because there's no point in selecting a card. That's not what the magic is, right? So just try that, and, then, and but I just, I tried that first to see how that was working. So just start trying things that are out of your comfort zone. Like if you think, man, I feel like I could do this right now, then try it. If it doesn't work, then redeem, you, you know in your back pocket you have the killer, right? You know you've got the winner that's gonna flip them. So why not try something already? You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, no I am, no, no, that, that's actually a great thing to say because Sponge Bunnies is killer. Sponge Bunnies is a killer trick. But as magicians, you know what I mean? If, if people who are serious, slide of hand, do sponge bunnies, and then everybody chuckles, but right? Then and then Bob White's like, but the then, but then, yeah, then you I do it, you see it. What? And they give you the reaction yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. So why not have the sponge bunnies ready, locked and loaded? Yeah. Try your new stuff and see what that new stuff is and see how they react, see how you need to modify it to get what you're trying, to get what he's getting, to see what you're, because that's what I tried in New York. And for me, what, the way that I was trying was not working. It wasn't working, but I just wasn't scared that, I tried to take the ego out of it. It's like, I don't care that if I'm failing right now, I'm learning is what I'm doing. These people are never gonna see me again. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? That's incredibly powerful.
And and when I made the quip earlier, don't do too many card tricks, that was also actually a revelation for me. It was that I'm going to do maybe two, and I'm going to make both of them important because I'm not going to lead in with cards. Because, again, I'm a hobbyist. We're hanging out for some reason. We met somewhere, or I was doing something for you, and you found out I was a magician. I personally put it off and then either create a moment or find the moment that's right and then do something special and then maybe do another thing that's special and then segue out of it back into just a reaction that doesn't involve magic. Because as powerful and as amazing as magic can be and as transformative as it can be, personally for me, and that's the biggest thing, is personally for me, I I can't do what he does. But I can take aspects of it and make those two tricks much more powerful because of it and then have a genuine interaction that doesn't involve cards or coins or cups with this person after the fact and then that magic is now seasoning in the crock pot of our conversation. And I will continue to mix and destroy metaphors throughout the rest of this conversation. <laughs> but, I, you know, I actually disagree with Elliot. Elliot can do that kind of magic, though, because I watched him do it. it but here's what's amazing, because it goes exactly what you said. Elliot was doing a set at the castle downstairs. Yeah. And, I, and I walked down to go watch, to watch Elliot's set. He's like, I'm getting ready to do a set, and I wanted to see his set downstairs. And I walked down, and Elliot had an amazing, he had routine, beautiful, I think, what was it, four, four pieces, five pieces? Five pieces. Five pieces. It was a beautiful sequence. But there was one moment that you could tell he was trying to get an emotional reaction. You could, you could feel that he was trying to get an emotional reaction. You felt the tension start building as an atmosphere. You felt the atmosphere start, start forming. And then it didn't happen. It wasn't that it was bad by any means. It just didn't happen. You felt the bubble burst. And for me, just being a, being a consultant and going, I, want, I think that this will work. I, and I, so I told Elliot, he was like, do you have any notes? I said, yeah, man, just try this one. And it wasn't anything big. It was move your sentence yep. from here to here. And I, instead of looking at the person, I want you to look at, don't, your internal monologue is that you are listening to them. And by listening to them, that's what's cueing you to do. That's all, that's all I did. I just shifted a moment. But Elliot found me the, later that night. Yeah, I did two sets in a row between we talked, and it, it put the note in, and immediately completely changed mm -hmm. the impact of the routine. And then later, the next night, I performed the same routine, having learned from both of those experiences and Danny's input, and also just being friends with this guy, and made a woman weep. But I had spent three hours with her that night and had not done any magic. That's important. Exactly, yeah. That's and this was the one thing that I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking shit. Bro, three hours? And she said there was no magic. Right. Yeah, bro. No magic at all. <laughs> I'm lucky for 10 seconds. Twice. Thank you for saving me, Danny. A lot of weeping. A lot of weeping. There's such a strong argument for just doing one thing for somebody. If, you're, if you want to show them something that's really special and really impossible, there's probably just one of them. Right? It's probably not. And then this next impossible thing, and then this, and then this, even if they're all great, it's just going to be like, overwhelming for them on, on some level they're going to say I wonder where he got these cards that do all of these tricks <laughs> or or he must not have any yeah which trick is better right that's what happened 
Johnny and, says which trick is better. Yeah. And and in their memory, they're not going to remember, well, first, if, if he's, oh, he was a great magician, really, what happened? Well, first, he laid out the four aces in the T formation. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never moved his hands, and they just assembled, and then he did this, like... In their mind, that's all going to be a jumble. But if you give them one clear image of what happened, that's that's like the story they're going to tell for the rest of their lives. So then how do we translate this ideology of creating really powerful magic, and sometimes that is just one trick, and then translate that into a formal performance? How do you take that idea and then craft it into a show that has an arc, that has beats and moments, and, and without losing... Uh, the importance of each effect. So I think there are a lot of different ways to get there, but uh, I mean, you you can still be doing that one overall effect that that clearly gets wrapped up at the end of everything, and then they will say, "I've seen this one thing." Um, I'm and and I'm not saying exclusively it has to be just one thing that that you show them. But especially in a casual situation, like, it's going to be way stronger. When I was just getting started and doing magic in the bar, um, I got into the habit of saying no. Like, I went to the bar to do magic. I went there because I want library. People. Library. You went to the library to do magic. I, no, I, I was... So, so I we was, don't say bar on this podcast. We don't say bar. We, we do say, say wiener, wiener and so. fuck a lot. I went to the fuck wiener. wiener. <laughs> it's a bar. It's by the ramen place, it's actually. A, that's yeah. called for a bar. Next to JJ's ramen. He went to the wiener. He, he went to JJ's ramen. It was a wiener bar next to JJ's ramen. That's what we did. But I, I went there... <laughs> I went there specifically to perform... And I would say no four or five times to different people who knew I was a magician. And it's like, once it's on your terms, it's that much stronger. Once they realize that you're doing them a favor, it's it's stronger. Uh, do you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, so, because uh, I think that's amazing. Do you think that the word no, when you said no, did you... Because I feel the way that I would handle that situation, because we're different people, right? Mm -hmm. Is that I feel like no for me is very harsh, right? Uh, it's a soft no. Yeah, very soft no, right? right? So would I, in that situation myself, if I don't really feel like doing magic, I just start talking to the person mm -hmm. and just start figuring out who the person is. And then if they eventually ask me again, then I go in, then I'll, then I'll go ahead and do something. But I tend to kind of just start to start the conversation for, as opposed to it being like, Here's the even though what I said earlier was like I I completely understand that you really do want to see something, mm -hmm. you really feel like they're you know what I mean, uh, but you do want it on your own. You want to feel in kind of in control of you. You are you know the magician. Right. So do you try to do you just straight up go no or do you kind of diffuse it and kind of uh just kind of wait until you're ready to? I diffuse it and tell them that maybe later, mm -hmm. if I have time later. I'll, I'll come back around. And, and this I'll, might be I'll just kind of beating, word, yeah. the, this is where people start glossing over. Do you use the word maybe? Yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. Because okay. they, they, if they think of it as a sure thing, or that's the guy, he's the magician, mm -hmm. just go ask him to do something and mm -hmm. he'll do it. Well, then I'm a performing monkey. And do you, and do you right? think do you think that, uh, it's, yeah, and that's where, that's where the difference is, because mm -hmm. I used to feel like a performing monkey. Right. Do, uh, do you feel like the word maybe, as opposed uh, as opposed to the definite, like, yeah, man, we'll do it later, you want to mm -hmm. give them the doubt? Or do you want, or do you want, want it to be like, be a we'll, we'll do it? Okay, gotcha. Because okay. I want them to feel like it's special that it got to happen. Even though yeah. I know I'm going to be there every night, 
even though they know I, on some level, they must know that I want to do it. Otherwise, they would never have seen me do anything. Do you right? feel like the term not yet, like if you just said not yet, do yeah. you feel like that's softer but tells them like you're waiting for a specific, like it's just not, you know what I mean? Like just because that yeah. insinuates that it gives it, it's open-ended now. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's now open-ended. It's no, it's no longer a de definite no. Right. It's now a I, not, I feel like not yet insinuates more of a I haven't, I'm not, this isn't working yet. Mm -hmm. It will work, but just not yet. Do you feel like that's kind of the, like? That's, that's good. That works. Yeah. There, there, there any number of, I'm, there's so many different ways to do that. And the hard part is just stop it, especially if it's something that you want to do got material that you're working on you're mm. trying to break it in mm -hmm. and you just asked me to show you the thing i came here yeah, to show yeah, exactly, you yeah. and i'm like actually give me a few minutes yeah, yeah. and then if i can i'll, I'll make it over there gotcha and yeah. it's like that's that's hard to hold that in yeah that's know? interesting that's great but but it makes it that much better yeah yeah um, that's awesome yeah. how how do either of you feel about doing magic unsolicited and not in like a walk around performance where you're hired to do magic for people, but like you're like in a club on the floor doing like card pants. Yeah, did I you, do it every Wednesday. Did you drop this white pen knife? <laughs> <laughs> did you happen to draw? <laughs> Excuse me. Did you drop this red sponge ball? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you're hanging out with some people. Do you just whip out the cards or the you totally whatever? just made me think? I want to now shoot a the YouTube wiener? clip. No, where it's a guy walking up going. Excuse me, did you drop this sponge ball? And it cuts to a clown that went, yeah. <laughs> I want to see. The, I want to see the YouTube video of you on a dance floor doing split fans, <laughs> surrounded hey, by clubbers. I'm telling you, bro. You, we're gonna go out tonight. Y'all don't even know, bro. You, you want to know how Bring I meet women, bro? Split fan, split fan, split fan. <laughs> oh, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I, I have no I doubt. Lied. I lied. I don't know why I lied. You're my friend. <laughs> and all these people heard it. <laughs> Uh, what time we got? We got about 15 more minutes. Are there any questions that we want to ask these two guys uh, before we go? Yes? When, when you've told someone, not now, I'll try to get by later or something, then do you go or do you wait for them to ask you again? How, how do you reinitiate the situation? How do you reinitiate the situation after you've told somebody not yet or maybe in a while? So it, it kind of just depends on the situation, you know, because um, you also don't want to seem over eager to show them the thing. Um, so you arrange to bump into them again at the bar or wherever you happen to be. I mean, if you're at a place that people are hanging around at, that's, that's easy enough to do is... Engineer a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like you just can't go up and just be like, "All right, now's the yeah, time." Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've waited. Oh, your you're, you're breaking up I just up found now? my double okay. backer, so right. Uh, right. Pick this one. <laughs> uh, any any other questions? I've got a. Couple. You know what's funny is I actually in a uh, real quick. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Um, uh, to answer you, I know that. Uh, so Tony and I would go out in New York a lot, and it was and this is a lot of the things that we would talk about and, and try out. Uh, but for myself, I would just say, hey, man, because we would start conversations because we were trying to build rapport first, right? I was, the, the whole thing was, look, this, it's about connection. It's about talking to people. You need to be comfortable in who you are first and be comfortable in, in your interaction with people before if you want that kind of response, you know what I mean, if you want to make that connection. So we would just, I would say, go talk to, go talk to that girl. You know, just go, go talk to that. 
But then they would want to do something. So instead, it just I would say, you know what? Go order a drink next to them because you just talked to them. Go order a drink. And as you're waiting for your drink, just kind of hear something that they say. And if you hear an in where you can make a quick whip, just to, but not feel threatening, you know what I mean? Then make the whip. Let them laugh. Laugh with them. And hopefully they'll remember what happened earlier between you and they'll be like, oh, man, do you mind, show, you know, or introduce you. And I feel like that's a good way to kind of without being, you know, kind of imposing, not feeling like, you know, some pickup artist who's walking around looking for women. You know what I mean? But hey, but, baby, you like my scar? Yeah, yeah exactly. You got a pretty mouth. Uh, and so that's how Alex and I met, actually. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Did you drop a red sponge ball? No. Um, so yeah, I think that if you can figure out how to, I think the big thing is is kind of the psychological aspect. Whereas if you feel, if you you can't be that kind of, oh now I want to do this, I want to do this. I, I I think it needs to feel very. As a magician, you just do these things. Like this is very natural for you, and you can do that. But you right. definitely need that connection. So I feel like if you're pushing now, that bubble has kind of popped, right? Yeah. You don't want to be in the position of asking them for things. Yeah. Right? You don't want to be asking for them to be an audience or to asking to interrupt their conversation my girlfriend right yeah it's like if if they didn't if they didn't come there to see you specifically then you need to make friends with them yeah exactly yeah, yeah, which is very because it goes back to the question that they said earlier which is a in a in a like an actual parlor show type show because it's now kind of a different wavelength right because if you're in a bar and you're in a social situation there's a very different kind of mentality there's a different thing going on you know what i mean as opposed to walking into a theater you your brain tells you it accepts the fact that this is a show i mean that's why Derek's show is so amazing you know what i mean delgadio show it's why it's the best magic show out there you know what i mean it's it's it's, it's incredible because it's it totally it's on a different it's frequency. on a completely yeah. different frequency it's much more it's real magic you are creating real magic in your spectator it's no longer about this type of thing this is just a tool to get you to an emotion. This is a tool to get you to a state of mind. That's incredible, man. That's Matt's real magic. Yeah. Uh, we had a question over here. Sorry. Oh, yeah, man. I'm so sorry, bro. I totally, uh, I, okay? I stepped all over you. That's my bad. You tried to say something, and I was like, shit. Okay. Uh, it seems to me like you're talking a lot about the concept of stage presence, which I have looked up on the way and tried to find a definition of. I'd like to hear how you define presence. So what is the definition of presence, or the, I would say the it factor? <laughs> It factor. How, do, how do I define presence? What is what is the stage presence? And it I is. Be, I believe that it's. Do you mind if I go first? No, you go ahead. Uh, I believe that it, it is a genuine. It is me, but honest. But that's just for that's that's just what I believe. I believe that it's honesty. I believe that if I can talk to you as just another human being, as an equal human being, and I treat you with respect and I treat you with kindness, and I am genuinely kind to you. That's my presence. My, I feel like people can feel that. I feel like people, you know, you get those feelings. You walk in somewhere and, and you, or you see someone, you're just like, there's just something not right. I don't know what it is, but something's not right. And you could be totally wrong about that. And they, they completely, I mean, look, I'm a bald, short Mexican with earrings. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, there's, the, and, and it's no, and it's true, but there's times when people, you know, they look at you and they're just kind of like, Mm, I don't know until they see the smile. And as soon as you smile, they're just like, oh, never mind. This guy's all, you know. So I feel like stage presence is is you, but just being a man, but like a real man. I'm not talking, and this goes the same for ladies, just being a, a lady, but for I'm just answering for you, but just being a, a true man, like somebody who treats people with respect, with dignity, 
with you know what I mean is very genuine people I feel like that is is a presence that that's I feel more valuable than anything is being that having that having that respect like yeah and in my mind you can't have presence without there being another person to witness your presence and so in my mind having real stage presence is having an interaction with someone that there's no fear involved there's no fear of judgment there's no fear of failure and if they do judge you right it's not their fault it's maybe they're having a bad day whatever it is maybe they're just not and so if they do judge you you know what i'm not going to get upset at it i'm not going to get defensive I still know who I am. I still know what kind of person I am. Just yeah, that's just them. Yeah. So why not just you know? Word would be rapport. Yeah, well, that's actually you. Yeah, you have to build yes. rapport, certainly. Well, yes, I believe. Interaction. You know, when you put the magic, the ratio is off. You know, art gets me drives. The music gets me drives. What we do, our ratio is totally different. We need that interaction to build We need the laughter. We need the story. Well, I think that we think we need that. Right, I think I think that well, as magicians we think we need that. Right, we 100% need communication. Well, con- and, and connection, right? Because communication can mean different things. Communication can happen with just the eyes. Communication would have, you know, if there's people that can't talk, people that can't see. So I think that communication comes down to rapport. What he's talking about, because you can feel the energy without saying anything. You feel somebody, right? But yes, I think that's 100% right. And I think a lot of so for stage presence specifically, a lot of it is body language and is yeah. nonverbal communication because if you have this really genuine way of coming across but you're shuffling across the stage even if you're relaxed on the inside if you don't look relaxed to the people in the audience they're like this well they feel, feel it right they feel it. it yeah they can feel something's not right right it, it's just not it's gonna make them uncomfortable yeah. um, so I'm, you you have to learn how to monitor that stuff to if you can just Stand and not shuffle your feet, and then talk to an audience. You're ninety percent of the way there. I got me beat. I can't stand anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck! That was savage shit. Great yeah. hell. Yeah. Oh, All right, there's a question in the back. What's up? Let's make it quick if possible. How do you manipulate symbols if you're doing less magic and you're yeah. doing it on your own terms? So the, the symbol isn't necessarily just, uh, just an image. Um, to just, just speaking is, is manipulating symbols on some level, right? Um, every word has a concept attached to it, but not every concept has a word attached. So when we say the same word, you might hear one thing and I might think another. So just in trying to kind of bridge that gap and get you to understand and feel the way that I feel when I say that word. And the opposite, right? Right. You, you understanding what they're trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that is us collectively manipulating a thing with no, with no image necessary. There's no, none of that part. Um, so I think by limiting the number of things that you're doing, doing less, as you say, is making the things that you do stronger, right? It's not necessarily 
giving you less to work with. It's just focusing in the attention on the thing that you're doing, which then, I say, if you want to do a card trick, one card trick and have somebody cry, and then you do another one right after that, they're probably not going to cry the second time. You know, they're going to feel... Oh, they, they'll cry. They, 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 they might just feel silly for having cried the first time. Uh, you haven't seen you my magic, bro. It's, uh, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so I just want to wrap up with two quick questions. These are things... Uh, John, you've answered one of them before. But these are just two quick questions, something to give people. Uh, the first one is something to give people uh, an idea to think about for themselves that I think every person, not only in this room but listening, uh, should contemplate for themselves. And then the second one is just fun. It's how I like to end the show. Uh, the first question is, what do you say to people when they ask, how did you do that? And I know that we are, are trying to get away from the question eventually. If possible. Mm -hmm. But when they ask, how did you do that? What do you say? So most of the time I try to stick to things that I can kind of role play as Chan Canasta and explain to them on some level. So for the most part I tell them the truth and then they go, wow. Right? So if, if you have a strong effect that has a cool way that it works or on some in some frame of reference the way that it works is is interesting it's a sponge ball tell them the cool the cool version of it yeah, yeah. how how did the sponge balls work i actually changed your memory right i i i had you simulating objects where they weren't in real time because the sponge balls work by mentalism mm -hmm. Mentalism is the method of the sponge balls. Mentalism is the method of the cups and balls. So, well, it's technically if, the method of pretty much all of regular close-up magic, right? right? right. <laughs> it it yeah. just is. If yeah. you're doing sleight of hand magic, you are controlling the thoughts that someone yeah, yeah. has, uh, controlling their perception of memory and place and size and all of these things. So I tell them that. Cause that's fucking dope, mm -hmm. <laughs> Danny. Uh, I, so normally I I, uh, I answer the question first to kind of diffuse it a little bit. So uh, so I say do you have I say oh man do you, do you have I say oh man first. So I go, oh man because I I want them to know that I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. So I go oh man and then I pause for a second to, to simulate me asking a question, and then I go do you have any hobbies? Is there anything that you like to do? You play guitar? Do you think? That? And if they say yes, then I go man you know all the hours that you put in of practicing. To make this sound, it's the exact same thing, bro. I was like, I just, I literally just, I practice enough to just, to just be able to understand, and then kind of go into kind of what he's saying, not pseudo explanations, but just more of the theory of magic, but kind of vague, yeah, like what you're saying, sure. enough to where they understand that this is deeper than just a gimmicked deck of cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I'm very honest with them. I don't, I don't patronize. I, I'm literally just like, look, man, it's, it's work. I understand how you're thinking. I understand that, I, and then a lot of times I use Apollo's, uh, Apollo has a really, really nice way of, of framing it up where he goes, he says, you know, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but we all have a bubble, right? And if I come in, that bubble has now busted, right? Right now, because that bubble's about two feet, two feet, right? But if I point at you and I point at this and I say, look at that light, I'm now touching this person because all focus has been, has been misdirected, right? And now I can break that bubble, but without this person feeling like 
I've bursted that Give bubble. a little demonstration. So I, so I explain that to them real quick because it demonstrates it. And now they understand that magic is much deep. Just in that one demonstration, yeah. they understand that magic is much deeper than just this. Yeah. So. I like how you, how you phrased that because that was taking something that was an invasion yes. and turned it into a shared moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the big thing, right? Because we, as and this is what we talked about earlier, it's just magic's always been us against them. But if you include them and you're just like, look, man, this isn't, I'm not a magical wizard. I don't have special powers. But you know what? I practiced. I worked. I'm this way. And I think that if they feel that, now they have a bigger appreciation for what you do. Well, I think also if you, you're letting them know in a way that they play almost as much of a role. 100%. As you do. 100%. There's no magic without somebody to receive it and have that perception. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Glenn says that there's no magic without somebody being there to perceive it and, and experience it. Yeah. Um, the last question. Would you please share... You can share the same one or you can share a different one, John. Would you please share the moment of astonishment where you felt like your head totally exploded? And it's not about not knowing how the method was done. It's how you and your whole body and mind were physically and mentally broken. So right before we started this podcast, you told me I was going to go third. <laughs> Standing ovation for John Wilson, everybody. Not only am I second, but there's not even a third person. <laughs> I was really like, hoping we would get the rest of it so I could just edit out that part at the beginning. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Great answer, John. Danny? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be, uh, man, uh, you know what's funny is when you said that, I, my head literally just went, oh, shit. Because <laughs> I was trying trying to figure out that moment, and then while I was listening and laughing, I realized that uh, I realized what my answer was, is because that in magic, that's very difficult for me to feel. Yeah. In what we consider magic, in us, in the, you know, the academic version of magic, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very difficult for me to feel. Uh, but the only reason I think it's very difficult is because of the analytical side that switches on, right? That anal we all have that analytical, you know, where it goes click, you know, and it starts going. For me, it's m the real magic that happens in life, mm -hmm. right? So the things that happen where it's like, it felt so, ma like the coincidence was so far fetched. Like this coincidence could, like I don't understand how this happened. That literally those moments are just like, what? Like I don't, this is, everything has, the stars and everything have lined up so perfectly for yeah. this to happen. How is this possible? That's the big thing, which sucks because I really, <laughs> I really want yeah. to see, you know, I try to disconnect myself from that magic side. And you want to, not saying that I've never been fooled. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that I haven't been fooled by a magic trick or True. a method. You know what I mean? I'm just saying what you're talking about, that complete encompassment of like yeah. what just happened. You know what I mean? Normally comes from kind of real life real real life magic do you have a, uh, an example oh uh, let me think something that's appropriate for this podcast uh anything we've said wiener literally a hundred times what's a good you know what you just killed it bro because i was going to totally try to do a whole serious talk and then at the very end the punchline was wiener and uh, and now i can't do that uh let me think. he's gonna do it anyway i'm not going to it's not i'm not dave Chappelle. uh, uh man what is a what is a uh, a life of a, a life uh I mean, I don't, man, I, I really can't. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that was amazing to me, um, that was incredible. 
was uh you know Alex you know my best friend yeah uh so Alex recently got into a, an accident uh, about a year about a year ago I got into a really really bad accident almost died right yeah. and this is my best friend of 20 years uh, for people that don't know that this man over here is you know my brother he's all right yeah he, I, I don't I don't like him but uh, <laughs> but uh, when he got into his accident um he and he will himself tell you this he changed he changed as a person uh, it was a very traumatic experience um, and he wasn't the Alex that I had grown up with, right? There was just this, there was this disconnect. You could see that he was really, really fighting something, right? Uh, and I watched him struggle and I watched, like you could literally see moments when his brain would go, I have to do this or I am not gonna get better. It's not gonna happen. And something would happen and a joke would happen and he would light up. He would literally just start cracking up and then it would diminish back down. You would see it. You could physically see him break and then you could see him come back down together and, and kind of get back into his shell again of what he was fighting with. But every time I saw those moments, I'm getting emotional. Uh, it meant a lot to me. It, it, was, uh, it was real magic. Sorry, look, I'm getting ready to cry. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's real magic. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was incredible. John, do you have an answer? He's sending a tweet. Danny just cried about me. Hashtag I win. You want, like, a serious answer from me? If you would like to give one, yeah. So this is, this actually, this is less emotional, but. Which it just doesn't make, yeah, it's, very, it's just yeah. completely different. Yeah, it's, but just, it's was, emotional for me because I, I right. have a very strong connection with this man. So. No, and that's, that's yeah. a beautiful story. Um, but I, uh, this is also just something out in the world. I, I vanished a coin. Still out there. It <laughs> Tony says it's still out there. <laughs> Tony, Tony just guessed the end of the story. <laughs> no, so we're there, there's a bar that we kind of uh, a group of friends we hang out at here locally, and uh, I have this coin that is a thing that you can't buy it. it, it you, you can't really get them anywhere, but somebody gave me one. I won't tell you what it is, but it's really, really rare. And I kept it with my tarot cards that I always have with me, and I pull out my tarot deck, and I hear the coin hit the wooden floor, and I felt it touch my foot, and then we started looking for it. And we tore that bar apart. We moved all of the uh, all of the booths and the tables. We had the staff there looking for it and trying to explain to them what the coin is. Like, <laughs> what does it look like? A coin. What size is it? The size of a penny. What does it look like? It looks like a penny. <laughs> Which I'm sure they're like, why am I helping this crazy person look for this coin? We have this place clean down to the to the wooden floor. And it's gone. I don't know where it went. You're gonna make Danny cry again. It's nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I can't I can't decide whether I'm whether I'm really upset that I've lost this 
impossible to replace thing, almost impossible to replace thing, or to be happy that I vanished a coin. <laughs> For real. Right. Yeah. That's actually how Alex almost died. <laughs> do you think the difference is, is that it felt magical is because, I mean, honestly, you didn't do it, right? It was a, it was a real well, I think thing. It was, I think it was magic. Yeah, it was magic. That just it happened. was an accident, yeah. right? That happened, and then... It was like time out. But how much can but how much can we learn? Here. How much can we learn from just that? Right. From that right. one yes. moment, how much can you learn from right. that? Because you didn't create that moment, right? Yeah. You didn't waste people's time, right? Right. You no. Didn't waste no. people's time, not at all, right? But yeah. it's hard to for you then and then hard, hard to, like you didn't create that moment, right? It was right. magic for you too, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. But it was horrible magic. I was so sad about it. I was like <laughs> I saw the floor finger palming. I, I mean I really felt it on my foot too. Yeah. Like I took off my shoes. I was looking for it everywhere. I've done the same thing every once in a while. You you know, I'll like look at the deck sitting on the table and just be like, I swear if I cut that seven of diamonds, there there's something more in this world. Son of a bitch, seven of diamonds. <laughs> Wait, that's my breather. <laughs> All right, guys. I didn't want to expose method. <laughs> uh, John, Danny, thank you so much thank for being my guest. Would you give them a wonderful round of applause? They were absolutely delightful. Pebble Blues at Six, thank you so much. Yeah, this has awesome, been man. a delight. I love you. And let's go eat some barbecue. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to MagicalThinkingPodcast.com to hear more episodes and discover new ways to support the show. Check out ArtOfMagic.com to learn magic and cardistry, and visit ArtOfPlay.com for your playing card, board game, and whimsical interior decorating needs. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me directly at me at ElliotTerrell.com. That's M-E at E-L-L-I-O-T-T. T-E-R-R-A-L dot com. And I'll be happy to respond to any questions or comments you may have. Before you forget, head into your podcast app and leave a rating and a review for Magical Thinking. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.